Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Indeed, it's the podcast sweep of the nation. One Man's Opinion, episode number 88-0. Can you believe it? We have made it this far, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, one and all, for your patronage. Thank you for downloading subscribing, recommending, commenting, every favoriting, everything you do uh, that has grown this podcast to where it is today. We deeply appreciate that one and all. I deeply appreciate it uh, straight from my heart, everybody. If you can tell a friend and keep spreading the word, let everybody know this is uh, free. It's uncensored. It's uninhibited. It's not, we have no boundaries on this podcast on this program and I love it. Let's keep fight to keep it that way. I am Jeff Manns. Of course, if you're just listening for the first time, welcome to it. You can hear me, Jeff Manns on elite sports on Sirius XM's fantasy sports radio, four to 6 PM Eastern every weekday afternoon, four to 6 PM Eastern, I should say. And uh, on that program, I am part owner and operator and chief content provider and operator uh, at fantasyguru.com, home of the 2021 Fantasy Football Draft Guide. It is there. It's ready for you. Everything is updated. We will talk a lot of news on this episode here today. Uh, a lot of things going on across the Elite Sports Network, which encompasses Fantasy Guru as well. Remember, it's a full-season product, too. So waiver wire, trade questions, lineup decision-making every single week, uh, everything that you need to bring home a championship we got for you at fantasyguru.com elitefantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports needs we have crushed the first two weeks of the nfl preseason preseason week three coming up this weekend if you're listening to us after that well i'll just go ahead and say we crushed again because we likely did tyler beaker uh, scott bonder ryan clifford doing unbelievable work for us in our preseason and don't forget Over at EliteFantasy.com, the reason we're calling it the football package this year as opposed to the NFL package is simple. It's We have full Canadian football league coverage, and that's our guy at Jorge Pucks, one of the new guys here at uh, uh, across the Elite Sports Network, and we're so happy to have Jorge as part of our team. He crushes Canadian football, and you guys don't realize the advantage. They have guaranteed contests on DraftKings for CFL, every single week and they don't fill all the way up. It's literally the best odds on your money. And when you got a guy as in tune as Jorge is to the CFL, you take that money and you use it for all your other DFS needs. It's a fantastic leg up that we have. We also have full college football coverage that's coming up this weekend as well. Just added another one to our stable of college football providers, bearded one inked up. That is my dude, Mikey, uh, that's coming over, just announced that he's part of the Elite Mafia officially. Now he'll be doing college football for us. He'll be doing some NFL for us. He's going to be doing some NBA for us as well. That's to go along with Russell Clay and Ryan Clifford and Scott Bonder, who all provide college football for us, and then the entire NFL package. So think of all that, and we still have early bird pricing over there at EliteFantasy.com, so get over there and get it. And if you already are a fantasy guru subscriber, you want to add DFS, you want to add sports betting or both email us support at elite Tell them you want the big three bundle 
It is incredibly cheap to do so and uh, well worth the money for that. Uh, you can find me also, Jeff Mans on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Mans on the Twitter machine, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. A lot to talk about here this week. So I'm going to go through the final stages. It's fantasy football draft season. I'm going to help you install your fantasy football draft plan. Of course, over there at fantasyguru.com, I've got the Manifesto. That's my own personal draft plan that is updated for your liking over there as well. I've had that up for six weeks now. Everything that I'm going to install position by position, league setup by league setup, scoring system by scoring system, round by round breakdowns for you guys in the Manifesto. Won't be quite going that deep on this one here today because I got a lot of news around the NFL to talk about as well. But we're going to go through it early rounds, middle rounds, late rounds, and help you guys assess and address your own fantasy football draft plan. I mentioned it. Let's start out with this. I wasn't really planning on doing this, but uh, I want to welcome Chris Rose, Bearded One Inked Up, and Jorge Pucks to the Elite Mafia. These are our three newest content providers across Fantasy Guru, Elite Fantasy, and EliteSportsBetting.com. I welcome them to the stable there. I also feel like I owe it to everybody who are subscribers over there and um, heard the news of Brian Healy leaving our organization. It was sort of abrupt, unexpected, uh, just sort of took me by surprise in a lot of ways. I'm not, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck behind if I tell the truth and tell the whole story of how things go down, I look like an asshole. If I don't, I look like my company's in trouble and people even referring to that. I saw on his thread about like, we're in all elites in trouble. That company is dust and and this kind of stuff. Uh, I want to publicly tell those people to go fuck themselves. And I want to tell you that, like our sales numbers are higher than any other company in the industry. We are the biggest fantasy sports company in the industry. If you take out CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, any, any commissioner service or FanDuel DraftKings, any of that, as far as content, there's not a bigger content provider. There is not a company that's even within 50%. I mean, they're, they're literally nowhere within any, direction of our amount of subscribers, our amount of paying customers and our amount of satisfied customers. And so, okay. You know, and that, that's another thing of why this whole industry just is turning into bullshit and the bigger bullshit artists seem to be winning sometimes, or again, I say seem to be winning because they're not winning. They're bleeding the fuck out right in front of our faces during what should be the most profitable part of their year. But um, all I can say to this is it's not going to be the last person we lose. Uh, I believe there will be one more loss here in the near future. And after that, I don't think we're going to lose another person maybe for the next decade because we're moving on and we're moving in a different direction as a company. Um, I'm personally sick and tired of the people, the people that want to do Twitter announcements over work for our customers have no, they no longer have a place here at elite sports. They just don't exist. I I don't want them here. Um, Nice knowing you 
Godspeed. I wish everybody luck. I don't want any harm to become of anybody whatsoever. And this isn't about Brian Healy. Uh, I like Healy. We, we got along. I think we still get along. Uh, as far as I know, never reached out to me whatsoever, which is again, very surprising. And, but I don't understand how situations like that happen, but if you don't want to be here, good, because I don't want them around our customers. I don't want people around our, in our chat rooms. We're trying to get work done and we're trying to help people. And for so long, I had to sit here while we played fucking tummy sticks with these guys who everybody thought, think about this. Everybody thought they were the biggest swinging dick in our company. Think about it. Every fucking one of them thought that, right? And one by one, they all think I'm going to leave and I'm going to I'm going to really impact elite sport. Oh, I'm going to fuck them over. I'm going to fuck them over. I'm going to fuck them over. None of them have fucked us over. Not a single person leaves us because our content is second to none. Our dedication to customers is unrivaled, unparalleled. And we do a very great job. And we're also very good at bringing in good replacement people like Chris Rose, like Bearded One Inked Up, like Jorge Pucks. It hasn't taken us long. And, you know, note to anybody else who, you know, they want to leave as well. That's great. I hope you get more money. I hope you get a better opportunity. But I know that's not true. I know you're not doing it for your family reasons. I know you're not doing it for money reasons. It's for Twitter reasons. And it's this announcement bullshit. That is unbelievable to me um, that people will that care so much about making a Twitter announcement or being Twitter chic. And it's just been unbelievable. And it's uh, it's it's good, though, because we're thriving. Great things are happening. We're innovating. We got elite sports data dot com uh, as well that has launched during the baseball season. We'll have full NFL coverage over there as well. And um we're doing nothing but expanding. So if you don't want to be a part of it, don't, I don't want you to be a part of it. And, you know, I don't know what narratives go on out there, but I outright fucking challenge publicly challenge anybody, anybody, any former employee that has an ax to grind that, that is talking so much shit behind everybody's back. I challenge you to tell miss tell uh, uh, say something negative about the elite mafia elite sports network challenge me i dare you what are you gonna say nothing there's nothing to and it, it, it's so wild to watch and i got news you you know folks that left and you leave our customers in the middle of a season you're never coming back we're not going to take you back as quality as your um, analysis may it be well, somebody else will get your opportunity and that's just the way it goes. And um, so probably the 15th person that thought they were bigger than the mafia, uh, elite mafia and elite sports network and the 15th to be proven wrong once again. So, and it won't be the last. So that's my thoughts on that. I can't really get into that so much. I, I want to be as respectful as possible, but when I'm not shown respect in return, uh, I'm ready to fight this year and I'm ready I'm ready to throw down with anybody who wants to throw down because I have no more inhibitions I have no more restrictions um you know a couple of people 
upon leaving have made me sign non-disparagement agreements because they're scared to death of me. And rightfully so, because I tear them apart. And I know laws that they've broken. And, uh, you know, I've, I've known how they cheated the system. I know how they treated customers. So they made me sign a non-disparagement just to get them out. And I did it because guess what? I wanted them out. I didn't want them here anymore. I didn't, I am sick and tired of it. And uh, it was funny, Ray Flowers, Ted Schuster and I were, uh, and Rob Brink, our CEO, were talking the other day and Rusty was in on this too. And we were like, wow, what a, what a fan. We are so freaking happy. It's never been a better place to work. It's never been more friendly. It's never been more together. It's never been more of a family than it is right now. And it's, it's just magic how in one year's time, so much has changed for the good. And it really passes down to our customers. It's why, you know, we're able to offer low price. We were supposed to raise our prices on elite fantasy on all of them, fancy guru, elite fantasy and elite sports betting. All of them were supposed to raise our price, but we, we haven't needed to because the sales are so strong and the, um, the amount of people are still there. And so what we're able to do is not only not raise prices, we're able to add Canadian football league and college football and a brand new optimizer into this and new projection models and elite sports data. into. It. we're able to do all this stuff that other folks restricted us from before. Just magical. So if you're not part of the mafia yet, trust me, come on in. The water's fine because it's a beautiful, beautiful thing right now. Um, and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, you didn't think you get a fiery open to episode 80, did you? But that's exactly where I'm coming from. Let's talk about the news. A lot going on as I'm recording this. There's trades, there's announcements, not just from Twitter and DFS, but also from teams, NFL teams with their quarterback one announcements. Let's start out with the big news of the week. I think it, you know, I've, I'm sure there will be more trades, most likely minor ones. But Sonny Michelle going from the New England Patriots to the L.A. Rams, uh, pretty significant trade. It alters a lot of things in the fantasy football world there. This is a trade that documented, I documented four weeks ago, said this trade was going to happen. And it did. Said it on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. If you listen to Wednesday, the 25th episode, you could still go back and listen through the SXM app. You will hear the start of the show. Indeed, replayed my soundbite from that day that Cam Akers went down, said, yeah, Sonny Michelle's going to wind up in L.A. It's exactly what happened. So, again, we're playing chess. All other folks are playing checkers. But um, Sonny Michelle is in L.A. to be the alpha. He is there to be the number one. He is the number one running back of the L.A. Rams. Daryl Henderson now takes a back seat. He is the third down slash change of pace running back when Michelle is the alpha and he's the RB one. So I moved him uh, firmly into my running back four uh, category. I'm 22nd overall uh, makes him an RB two. He's ahead of miles Sanders ahead of Raheem Mostert, miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds, Josh Jacobs. He's just behind Montgomery Carson, and Javante Williams. You may argue about Javante Williams. And yeah, I'm fair with that. If you want to take Michelle over Javante, I get it. I don't have a problem with that. They're next to each other in my rankings. So um, that's where I'm at with Sonny Michelle. Here's the deal. 
the Rams score touchdowns with the running backs, 58 in three years. That's almost 20 rushing touchdowns per year from the running backs. It's an insane amount. It all but guarantee, it guarantees Sonny Michelle, if he stays remotely healthy, doesn't even have to, he could miss four games. He's going to get double digit touchdowns. There's five to six running backs, other running backs in the NFL that will challenge double digit touchdowns. And you got one just given to you here in Sonny Michelle. That's the value. All right now, Henderson will mix in passing downs. We don't know how that's going to all play out right now. Sonny Michelle is a three down back was phenomenal at Georgia doing that was good in new England as a three down back when they lit him, which wasn't very often. He's in a contract year. Yeah. His knee is uh, banged up degenerative issue there, but you know, he he's still young, well within his prime years as well. And, you know, playing for that, that big contract. This is a huge season for Sonny Michelle. You know, just turned 26 and going to, he needs that one next big contract. He won't get a massive contract, but he, he will get an MG three type of contract. If he does what I'm pretty sure he will do in 2021. So that's where we're at there from the new England Patriots standpoint. Nothing really changes folks. I'm not Damian Harris moves up. James white moves up. James white gets a sneaky more value here than I even anticipated. Right. But I not, well, I don't want to be invested in the new England backfield under any circumstances. Ramondre Stevenson is obviously now the backup. So Damian Harris, their RB one in new England, they split too many carries though. So even though Harris moves up and I have uh, um, Damian Harris as a tier five running back 31st overall, I've got him behind Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Trey Sermon. So you, you, you could argue with me about Trey Sermon, but the thing is I would rather have a guy who sits on the bench for half the season and then becomes the 49ers starting running back rather than try to pick and choose when the New England Patriots are going to let Damian Harris get goal line touches. Now, Harris will move up more if, and there's whispers of this happening in New England, if Cam Newton is not the starting quarterback, if it's Mac Jones, I'll actually move. Uh, Damian Harris will move up a little bit here. I'll move, I'll move him up. He'll still be a tier five guy. I don't see him moving ahead of Josh Jacobs. But, you know, he'll be right there with Gordon ahead of Sermon and Cream and, um, Hunt because he won't get those goal line carries taken from him that's huge that is a huge loss for harris's value and the fact that james white's there and is clearly the passing down back and you've got Ramondre stevenson who they like and will be mixed in they will do a lot of mixing and matching with the running backs because that's what the patriots do that's why i don't want to be invested in them so that's where i stand with damian harris other news around the national football league teddy bridgewater named the quarterback the opening week quarterback for the denver broncos this is an upset. I was wrong. I thought Drew Locke had won this. I do think that he won that job. And it's stunning to me that they chose Bridgewater. And the, basically the way that I see this going down is it hurts Noah Fant because Drew Locke, uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sorry, is much, much less prone to throw two tight ends than Drew Locke. Um those target shares between the two of them, Bridgewater was 16.4 over his career. Drew Locke, 26.8. 
10%, folks, that's, that's ridiculously impactful for Noah Fant. So that's, it, it lowers Noah Fant. It lowers Cortland Sutton. You don't get that deep ball down the sideline, make Cortland Sutton go up and get it kind of play. Those, whether he connects on it and Sutton comes down with it or not, it opens up the offense. What we mean by that, it keeps safeties and linebackers away from the line of scrimmage. It keeps corners from sneaking in and playing against the run or, or outside corner blitzing, things like that. When you have a strong arm quarterback that can go over the top of you and can, as soon as the receiver like a KJ Hamler or Cortland Sutton gets behind the safeties, they could hit the home run ball. Bridgewater is not going to be able to allow that. He's, that's not what he does. He is dink and dunk. And so conversely, it benefits the running back target share for Teddy Bridgewater, 22.8% over his career compared to 14.4 for Drew Locke. So it helps MG3, Javante Williams eventually with their target share, but it hurts them with the running game. Why? Because this offensive line is it's very mediocre in Denver. I believe it's better then we, we grade it out to be because I'm a big believer in uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, their center, Quinn Ma- uh, Miners as well, who I think should be starting for them at right guard. Uh, they have Graham Glass now there as well. He's been banged up this uh, preseason too. So I- I'm, uh, I'm higher on the Broncos offensive line, but it's still not a top five, probably not a top 10 unit any way you slice it. And when you get, safeties and linebackers blitzing and you get them stack in the box to stop the run. That's going to hurt the running back. It's going to hurt the running game overall. And that's what happens when you don't have a quarterback that is feared to throw that deep ball to and to throw that deep ball effectively. So that's how it affects there. I think Jerry Judy's um, on it, it, non-affected. It may be a slight benefit to a Jerry Judy, a guy who's more of a slick route runner and the intermediate side than it is to Cortland Sutton. So that's how that goes down. I mentioned that news with Mac Jones the report out of NBC Boston saying that they think that Mac Jones will be announced as the uh, starting running back for the um, will be the uh, starting running back here or starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But uh, that COVID situation, the misunderstanding by Cam Newton, evidently has rubbed Bill Belichick really the wrong way, and he's kind of just tired of it. And it's it's so stupid for Cam Newton to, to be so dumb, but that's what Cam does. You can't ever let your guard down, no matter how talented you are, folks, in any part of life. doesn't matter because they'll catch up to you, and it may have just cost Cam – the starting job in New England as well. Um, that's the ba- That's the bulk of the news thus far here today. And uh, this week, I should say, from around the National Football League, you know, Dak Prescott is back at camp. We're going to hear Andy Dalton announces the Bears starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco Bay Area Sports reports that Jimmy Garoppolo, when asked how, when does he expect an announcement for a QB one job. He smiled, winked, and sort of says he feels very good about it. Uh, that news coming down. So that's good news. It looks like it's going to be Garoppolo. How long that I think I will say Justin Fields starts before Trey Lance. 
All right. So take that for what it's worth. Um, all right. That's the, the bulk of the news. Let's get that out of the way. Let's start talking about our 2021 fantasy football draft plan. All right. What's the plan going into what, what are we doing? Here's, here's my overwhelming advice to everybody out there. All right. And I can't stress it enough. Don't play for the middle. Do you, do you understand that when you agree with everything everybody says, when you agree with the consensus, like some of you use consensus rankings and you use consensus projections, do you know what that means? It means you're going to the middle. You're aiming for it. Why don't you understand this? Are you playing fantasy football to fit in? If so, you could have worked here at Elite, the Elite Sports Network from 2017 through 2020 because that's evidently what all, a lot of my former coworkers were doing. They all want to fit in. They all want to be the same. They all want, they want likes on Twitter and social media, retweets. They fucking live for it. Is that what you want? Be honest. Is that, are you just drafting your team not to embarrass yourself on draft day? Cause if so, good luck. I mean, go ahead, be with God. I was going to tell you, fuck off. I'll be honest with you. I was almost said, fuck off, go fuck yourself. But then I said, I'll be nice. And then I, again, the inner monologue within my head, I'm like, no, fuck it. Cause we, I'm not playing for the middle folks under no circumstance. Am I playing for the middle? I'm sure I will have given bad advice on this episode and former episodes on the radio show uh, in print over fantasyguru.com. I've given terrible advice before when it comes to fantasy football, but I think 16 years in the business and 32 years now playing this, you realize none, you know, one bad move or a couple bad moves a year is not a death sentence. It doesn't really hurt you. It very rarely impacts the overall how you do overall. And sometimes bad call in the playoffs and I fucks you and you're done. That could happen. Maybe it does this year, but I'm as confident as it gets when it comes to this thing. Winnick, if you wanted to sit down and have a personal heart to heart conversation with me about uh, vaccines or religion or, or parenting or art I don't fucking know movies, TV. I, I have no idea. Like I, I have my thoughts. I've got opinions, just like all of you. We all have our opinions. And most of you are very good at your jobs. Right? Whatever you do for a living, you spend time, you wrench on it, you work on it, you take pride in it. That's what I do here. And for most of you, this your play is a hobby and you play competitively and seriously. I don't want to diminish what you do, but this is my livelihood in my life. And it's why I've been working on this year's strategies and draft plans since we left off in January. I've been wrenching on this and building towards this this whole year and will continue to do so. All right. So I and I'm not doing all this work and spending all this time and realizing that 
so many people want to be in the consensus. They want to draft by average draft position, ADP. They want to be liked on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And they, they want their, I like Daryl Henderson still going to be good because you know, you spent three weeks saying you want Daryl Henderson and then Sonny Michelle comes in and completely like literally just fucks you over completely. And you want to still pretend that it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's an absolute death sentence. You died. That take, that idea, those draft picks are now dead. It's not to say maybe you hold on to Henderson. Maybe it comes back. But don't don't let pride get in the way of your championship and you winning. And that's what we're playing for. That's when people ask what my goal is, what our goals are. That's exactly what my goal is. Not, I don't, I would rather lose in a blaze of glory. I would rather go, oh, and 16 than I would even think about finishing in the middle. There's nothing I want about the middle. The middle is the worst place to be. All right. So we are going for championships. That's not saying we're going to take ridiculous risks and we're going to play upside plays everywhere. And we got to be so tremendously different. No, some of our, Thoughts and ideals will blend into what the mainstream likes, and then you'll see some of them won't. And that's where we gain our advantages. All right. So with that being said, the early rounds. <laughs> so I built this thing up. Like, all right, man, is going to lay it on us. He's going to give us the best advice ever, and it's going to be great. And then I'm going to tell you the early rounds don't be any different. <laughs> it's the truth. Don't, don't fuck around in the early rounds. Early rounds, that's your building blocks. That's your concrete. You need safe plays. So with that being said, average draft position, the first 12 picks in most leagues, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Zeke, Henry, Devontae Adams, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones. Those, that's the, the 12. If you notice in there, there's two receivers and one tight end. Otherwise, it's nine running backs. Okay. So let me pick this apart real quick. McCaffrey, Cook, absolutely. Kamara, I'm lower on. Absolutely lower on. I think Austin Eckler is this year's Kamara. And thus, I have Eckler third. I have Nick Chubb fourth. All right. I have, um, I, I think that's what you know, confuses a lot of people. I got Derrick Henry fifth. I got Alvin Kamara sixth. To me, those are the first six players off the board. All right. Eckler and Chubb are obviously values in that round, according to me. I'm lower on Camara than some people, but only by three spots. It's not dramatic. Zeke, I love that Zeke's all the way up there at four in the consensus. I like that a lot too. But for me, Zeke is the top of the tier two running backs. I would go Kels, I would go Adams, then Kelsey, then Zeke after that. All right, in my rankings. So, you know, I want stability there. I want as much stability as possible. And yes, I believe Chubb and Eckler do produce that. And I don't know why other folks don't see it. For me, I think Taylor, there's some iffiness about Taylor. It's good news on Carson Wentz, like Reddy and Quentin Nelson um, for week number one. And uh, a Ryan Kelly, their center, who's also hurt. I mean, the Colts have been miserable. Anybody paying attention to preseason, they've been fucking brutal. 
that's because they don't have their left tag. They lost Anthony Costanza to retirement. They signed Eric Fisher towards ACL in the AFC championship game. He's not going to be ready till probably six, eight weeks into the season. And they don't really have a left tackle or trying to like, Will Holden, Sam Tevy bad left guard as weak as hell uh, without Quentin Nelson there. Ryan Kelly has been out at center. Glowinski and Braden Smith on the right side are fine, but they don't, that's not a good offense line. It is when Kelly and Nelson are back and when Fisher's there, now the whole thing plays up, but you know, so that I'm a little iffy on Taylor as it pertains to that. But, um, you know, I still, I still have John Taylor ninth uh, um, at the running back position. He is behind Aaron Jones and Zeke Elliott on my board. But those early rounds, I want to do the safest thing freaking possible. And that's what I want. I, I not do not go into your draft saying you have to get a running back. You have to get a receiver. I get the question all the time. All right, I'm going to go running back, running back. Then I'm going to go receivers, right? Don't ever do that. It's the best players. It's the best players. Simple. And I'm not trying to be lazy. It's, you can build your team many different ways into a championship. It's not a, like a key. It's not a, a nuclear code. You have to type in one code, running back, running back, receiver, receiver, running back, tight end, running back. Running. There's no blend. It's about the player. It's about the entire build of your roster. All right. So getting, having strength at running back is the optimal build. But when you're ninth pick, 12th pick in a 12-team league, if you're in a 14-team league and you're 13, 14, are you willing to pick the 10th or 11th best at a position just because? Or are you willing, and, and I urge you not to do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't pick, and this is, when it comes to the second and third rounds too, this is where you guys get in real trouble. First round, you know, you get the, like, I picked the eighth running back off the board. And it's like, all right, well, just because the other seven were taken before you doesn't mean they're better. So good chance that you still got yourself a top five running back and that's fine. But once we get into the second round and third round, this is where some of you are taking guys like Edward Zolaire, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Instead of prominent wide receivers like, oh, I don't know, DK Metcalf and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley and Stefan Diggs, like, oh, brutal. It's just brutal doing that. Don't give up. Don't pass over premium wide receivers just because you think you need to get that running back. And don't, if you do this, you're going to be doing it for the entirety of your draft, right? You're going to be chasing what everybody else. You need to look at it, your draft as a war. It's you versus the other nine, 11, 13 owners, whatever it is, however deep your league is. It's a war. They're going to occupy, let's say you had the sixth pick or ninth pick. Let's go at nine just because it's that no man's land every year you're just going to take whatever they give you you're you're letting the rest of your league dictate your draft it's the same way about 
when there's a run in the middle rounds, oh, there's a tight end run or a quarterback run, or and you're like, oh, I got to get one. Every time you say, I got to get one, you're screwing your team and you're losing games. You don't need anything. You need the best player all the way through. Eventually, when we get into rounds five and later, then we start attacking. As you graduate to the middle rounds, we'll start going for specific needs. And, but we won't fought, we are not going to, we're still never going to be beholden to what our league wants to give us. They want you to choose that shitty. We'll talk about tight ends later, but you know, they want, they don't want to give you Kelsey or Waller or Kittle or Andrews or probably even Hawkins. They want you, they want you to pick Tyler Higby or, you know, somebody like that Gronkowski or whatever midline Jared cook, uh, whatever they want you to pick them and use a sixth or seventh round pickup. That's what the, they want. They also want you to get a back end quarterback and spend a fifth round pick. That's what they want. Don't give it to them. Don't give your opponents what they want you to do. They want you, whatever they do, then you follow suit. Again, this is that herd mentality. This is that echo chamber shit wanting likes on Twitter. Uh, Well, I had to go with this guy because this was happening. I had to do this. Once you start that, it's a never ending train that ends with your demise with ends with somebody else winning your championship. So again, be very careful with that. Um, Second round in in ADP, you know, we get some of my personal favorites in, in that round. I really like, um, Second round, you get you start out Diggs, Chubb. Oh, I can't believe Chubb's going 14th overall. Get the fuck out of here. You guys are nuts. Whoever's doing this is crazy. Gibson, love Gibson. Najee Harris, okay with that. Ridley, Hopkins, DK Metcalf, 19. Waller, 20. Mixon, 21. Justin Jefferson, 22. AJ Brown, 23. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, 24. I'll tell you, that is loaded. My favorites, Chubb, of course. Chubb, Gibson, Ridley, Hopkins. I have Hopkins second. Adams is my number one wide receiver. Hopkins two, DK Metcalf three. Calvin Ridley four. I'll take any one of those guys. Any one, you want any one of those. You want to give me the second round? I'm all about it. I really am. If I, let's say I have like the second pick, first or second, McCaffrey or Cook. And if I have third and those two are off the board, I will take Eckler. I have no problem with Eckler. But if I come back in the middle or late second round, if I get an early round pick, got one of those running backs, and you're still going to give me, if my choices are Najee Harris or Joe Mixon at that spot, or I could have Hopkins or DK Metcalf, I'm taking Hopkins or DK Metcalf. And I'll have top five running back i'll have a top five receiver and i'm i'm off to the races at that point so again whatever your draft gives to you take it don't follow them don't let them choose for you there's a running back flow there's a receiver flow take the best player available overall so you know i can't stress that enough to everybody out there by the way edwards alaire we can't forget this guy's banged up right now. Nobody's talking about it. 
Clyde Edwards Alaire is not healthy, and we are, you know, he he is so small. It's one thing we saw this last preseason game, man. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's not a high ankle sprain for Alaire, but the fact that they thought it might be, I don't. Uh, there's something bad about this. If you could avoid Clyde Edwards Alaire in the second, you absolutely do it. I know I've talked him up this entire off season. I know, but he was a fifth round pick back or fourth, fourth to fifth round pick back in June. And he's now a second round pick. And that means he's getting now with a sprained ankle. Mm, it's too much for me. If you're at pay, if you had McCaffrey as your first pick and you come back and you're, debate and all those guys are gone like Metcalf Hopkins, all those premium receivers, you're better off going Patrick Mahomes. Just draft a quarterback. Just, just draft that you're better off with that. Personally, I like to wait a little longer, but it's a better selection than going at Edwards Alaire. Cause at this point for me, at least, you know, Edwards Alaire is really falling deeper and deeper and deeper into my running back rankings. You know, we've, we've had just in this week alone, um, I should have talked about James Robinson, but we've had James Robinson and Sonny Michelle, like these guys are opening up and that just makes me hmm, not, not all that interested. You know what I'm saying? And so that that's, that's more of my problem uh, with the Edward Solaire thing. I feel like I, I'd rather have Sonny Michelle for around to two rounds later than to have to go out and draft Edwards alert in a second. So be careful with that one uh, as well. You know, third and fourth round, same thing. The, the top four rounds, best player available, lock it down. Don't shy away from, you know, Kelsey in the first, if you had, if he's there at the, at the end of the first round, do it. Darren Waller in the middle to later in the second round, do it. George Kittle middle or later third round. Fine even though it was worrying me a little bit. Okay. Third round is immense wide receiver value. CD lamb, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, uh, Mike Evans. I have Mike Evans in the top eight of my wide receiver rankings. So if you're listening to this, if you're a fantasy guru subscriber, you're going to end up with Mike Evans. Cause I'm so far. I can't believe how down people are four straight seasons of a thousand plus yards, uh, goal line wide receiver, constantly Tom Brady loves throwing it up to him through the deep ball down to him quite a bit as well. So um, yeah, that's a great value in the third round. James Robinson with Travis Etienne out for the year with that Liz Frank injury moves James Robinson up considerably, obviously. And I like James Robinson. I was kind of liking him even before the Etienne injury, just be, as an early down back because of how late he was going. Now things have obviously changed, and he's gone from being picked at the end of the fifth round to now at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth. In fact, his ADP is uh, around 35.3 right at the end of that third round. And I, I can live with that. I, I don't mind it. I, so I'll let me go over my rankings here because as we get in the third and fourth round, if you did go elite running back, elite wide receiver, you're likely going to be sorting through this tier three, tier four on my board of running back in these rounds. And 
for me, Najee Harris is a tier three guy, JK Dobbins, Mike Davis, James Robinson. Then I go Clyde Edwards, Alaire, DeAndre Swift. All right. That that's how I, I sort all that out. My tier four running backs, which in the fourth round makes sense. Carson, Javante Williams, David Montgomery, Sonny Michelle, Miles Sanders, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin. All right. And that takes, that's the, my top 25 running backs. If you don't have two of those top 25, you're consider yourself in trouble, right? You're, you're in pretty decent trouble. So mono, you gotta, that's why t- drafting by tier is important. You don't have to take like Mostert, uh, Javante, uh, right now, even Mike Davis, well, I'm way high on two, Sonny Michelle, um, Gaskin, none of these guys are being taken in the top four rounds, really, and not even close. Carson barely fits in there. So you should be able to get two of these four, even the, um, two of these uh, top four tier running backs, even though you don't take them in the top four rounds. I hope I'm being clear on that. That sounded confusing in my head. You know what I mean? Uh, in one of my top 25 running backs, you should have two of them in your starting lineup. All right, that should be your starting two of your starters as when we go into the season. You don't have to draft them, though, in the first two rounds or the top four rounds. Even. You can get a couple of those guys toward the middle rounds. So get the best players available in those top four rounds. As we gravitate to the middle rounds, this is where you know, I consider rounds five through nine, sort of the middle rounds, all right, five through ten even, where – this is where you have to fill out the rest of your lineup. You know, you start drafting by need at this point, because if you, let's say you draft three running backs in the top four rounds, I don't have a problem doing that because now you have depth, but now you got to go. Now you got to hit that mid tier wide receiver pool. Now you, st- you got to start hitting you know, that sector and picking off that tree and, you know, as you're looking for mid-tier wide receivers, you're looking guys that could anchor your wide receiver, wide receiver core. Players to draft in the middle rounds are you want as many players as possible. And in those middle rounds, be careful that you don't stray from drafting players that will be in your lineup every week. The biggest mistake I see people do is they will, it comes around six, seven, eight, and you pick these guys, players, and I, I note them in my rankings over there at fantasyguru.com. Uh, I, like T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, uh, I, to me, Cooper Cup, right? Those players, if you have to ask me week in and week out, ask me or whoever, if you, it's not an absolute certainty that you're starting those players don't you shouldn't be drafting them in those rounds i have high grades at that wide receiver position um my tier four wide outs or you know to tier five i got guys like robbie anderson odell beckham juju smith schuster Cortland sutton dj chart tyler boyd jerry judy all right any one of the if i draft one of those guys with my sixth round pick and all think all of them are available right around that range. Um, I plan on starting them every week. And that's why I have them ranked where I do. 
I don't want it's in a best ball contest where you don't have to choose your starting lineup. You can afford to pick the chase Claypools and uh, you know, big shot guys, you know, long shot guys, the ones that will have huge week, the Iokes and Higgins and um, very deep wide receiver pools within their team, the Bengals, the Steelers teams that have three or more wide receivers scare the shit out of me. I don't want anything to do with those teams. Ideally, unless I can get them at a value Tampa Bay, similar thing. I think very, very scary. And I have my, I like Mike Evans a lot because I think Evans being the goal line wide receiver that he was last year, being the downfield threat he's been for Tom Brady last year, the consistency he's put up, he gets a pass for me, but it's still a little scary because Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, there's a lot of mouths to feed OJ Howard back Cameron Bray. So those teams that have all superfluous wide receivers should make you nervous. You want direct production, direct targets. You want to know these players are going to be productive for you or consistent for you. All right. So take that into consideration. And as you round out your wide receiving core, take as many number ones on the teams as you want. Look, think outside the box. You know, a guy like Corey Davis on the jets has had a tremendous training camp in preseason. That's not a bad idea. Uh, you know, Brashad Perriman who on Detroit, nobody wants him. He's a late round pick. I shouldn't even mention him in this section, but you know, go to teams that you're not, that aren't sexy as far as the wide receiver targets are concerned because they have to throw the ball too. They will throw the ball also and production will be had and don't, don't shy away from them. Lock in as many of those as you can lock in as many starting players as you can. Nothing. There's no sense teams that lose or finish in the middle are always the ones that have five of the exact same wide receiver it's like having a type. Yeah, you have you're dating five blonde girls at once, or you know, or uh, for you ladies out there, you're five firemen, you know, all at once. You're you're dating the same brand. How do you differentiate between any of them? They're all kind of the same. Well, this one is brown hair, and this one, you know, this one has better shoulders than arms, or you know, what I don't know, whatever you ladies look at. Um, it's just dumb. It's a bad way to build. You need to have some. Somebody needs to stand out for you. Somebody in these rounds need to tell you, scream from the rooftops that I'm a starter every week. You, I should be in your lineup every single week. And if though, if you're thinking about drafting a player that doesn't scream that, hard pass. Okay, hard pass in that. So build your roster right. And you know, I think the middle rounds more than any other round really shape our rosters. Because when you start drafting those usable guys, you will have that decision. You will have decisions to make in your starting lineups every single week. And have you ever had situations in fantasy football where you start a guy one week and the next week you end up dropping him? That should never happen. I mean, that should never happen. But I've I see. My opponent's doing this even in expert leagues, even in high stakes leagues. 
I see they're like, I'm like, what the, they're, they're you know, they're, they're starting uh, Jamison Crowder. They're starting Cole Beasley. Okay. Sterling Shepard. Okay. And then next week, oh, you know, Shepard sucks. And then they cut him for whoever the, the hot name on waivers is like, why the fuck were you? Why did you don't be tempted? Remember serious XM listeners know the hot nanny syndrome. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't get involved. Don't hire a hot nanny. It's, it's just nothing good's going to come of it. Oh, she's good with the kids. No, 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 don't. You don't want to be tempted by those players. Middle rounds draft players that are absolute starts for you. And if, if you have, like, I'll give you an example of one of my middle round picks. He's technically, technically a late round pick, but Nicole Hardman. This is a player that I am drafting in every single league I do. I've talked about him relentlessly on this show and others. I I will never start Nicole Hardman. Never. I don't plan on, I will never even consider starting Nicole Hardman. Put the match up. No, 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 never. And I mean, hard ass never until Tyree Kill goes down. Then Miko Hardman is probably my wide receiver one, if not wide receiver two. He's an absolute start. It's only that's, and I've drafted him in every league I've done so far. And I believe I haven't spent. Uh, yeah, 10th round is the earliest I've met. No, so at least 10th round or later is ADP right now is 110. So again, that's smack dab in the 10th round for us. So, but that's a player that if I if I ended up with him at the back end of the ninth, you know, I'm not gonna worry about not drafting him, but I have no intention to start him, and I will never be tempted by it. And that's where Marquise Brown. Will Fuller, Michael Gallup, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney, Chenault right now, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Like, I, I, guys, you're going to – those guys, you're going to say, they're my starters. And then three weeks, you're – like, come on, man. There's no fucking way you're starting Darnell Mooney every week. If you're starting Darnell Mooney every week, send a check to Jeff Manns and just let, let me go buy new new colored socks. Let me go buy something stupid with your money because just, just at least you know that that money that you bought in your league with would instead of just losing and you getting waxed by your opponents, at least you know it went to something useful. I'll buy a new pair of underwear and rub my asshole all over it. How about that? That's a better investment for you financially than to draft Darnell Mooney in the eighth round. Garbage. Absolute garbage pick. So, but he's upside. Now, you're not going to start him every week. Jalen Waddle, no, no, no. If you end up with one of those guys in those rounds, you better be drafting them with the clear intention of never starting them. And then if, and I use that with a big stupid smile on my face, if they break out, <laughs> Waddle or Mooney, you know, you know like Chenault I mentioned, but I do love Chenault. But if I draft LaVisca Chenault, I know he's not starting for me unless he has turns that corner. I'm not going to try to pick and choose when guys like that are, will do well. Cause you, you'll be, it's a nowhere. You do not win that contest. 
You do not win that game. Trust me from years of experience, everybody. Um, so there, that's the middle rounds. And then the late round. Now, this is where you draft your project players. All right. This is where you can draft the, you know, deeper guys, your handcuff. You should be handcuffing your running backs. I've said it many times. I am a, a believer in handcuffing because I don't guess on running backs. I'm not trying to steal somebody else's handcuff. Very rarely will I do that. I will do it if it's a Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, San Francisco, Chargers, Cowboys, Colts. If it's one of those running backs, I'll pick off your, your, and you don't handcuff by the 12th round. Yeah. Then I'll go ahead and I will steal that handcuff from you. Otherwise I'm going to be invested in a lot of those teams. I invest in the high volume rushing attack, high volume target share to running backs. And thus I will be handcuffing those possessions again. Like I talked about with the middle rounds, I don't want backup running backs on my roster. What good is it? You're, I know what you think. You think, oh, well, this guy's going to go down. And what? And, and so when that happened, when um, you know, I guess Miles Sanders goes down, you know, somebody like that. Okay, what do you have? Boston Scott, Jordan Howard. How the f- – you're going to really fucking start either one of them. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not going to do it. All right? The same even like Zach Moss and the Bills. You're not going to – you know, Devin Singletary could be – no, you're never starting him. It's worthless to have those players. Worthless. What you want is those two of my top 25 running backs. And when you have the backup, if you have McCaffrey. If he goes down, Shuba Hubbard's the guy who elevates. He's the guy that steps in just like Mike Davis did – for Carolina last year. That's what you do. That's how you handle it. If Beckler goes down, Justin Jackson steps in. Zeke step, goes down. Tony Pollard rises and becomes an RB1. That's what happens. That's how you handcuff. You don't handcuff every situation. You, you ins- think of handcuffs as insurance for your most prized possessions. That's your RB1. And if you got, if you went early on running backs, you got two. Let's say you have two top 12 guys on my board and, you, you know, lucked in, then yes, back both of them the fuck up. Back them both up because then it's a valuable commodity. All right. That, then, you know, you're always starting those two guys. Let's say it's Eckler and Chubb. Let's throw that out there. Or Eckler and this Eckler and J.K. Dobbins, very, very reasonable. All right. I'll have Gus Edwards backing up for sure. And I'll, I'll have Justin Jackson probably. Backing up too. And if Eckler goes down, Jackson starts. And if Dobbins goes down, Edwards starts automatically. I don't have to worry about the mid tier. I'm not going to worry about should I start Michael Carter? Should I start Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones or Singletary or Kenyon Drake or, 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 or you know, Chase Edmonds or Jamal Williams or no, I'm not worried about that shit. I'm not going to worry about that whatsoever. So, that's how you handcuff. Should be doing that in the late rounds. Again, just your primary situation. And then you then you go for upside plays. Players that are on new teams and new systems that fit their skills better. Players that everybody forgot about. Think Henry Ruggs, T.Y. Hilton. 
uh, Jalen Rieger, some of my favorite receivers. I did episode a couple episodes ago. I went through all my uh, late round sleepers. It was episode 78, I believe late round sleepers. So go download that episode or re-listen to it and go check it out. Marcos Callaway. Well, Callaway is going way up. He is, it's funny. Like Callaway is going ahead of Hardman and Pittman and, uh, um, Russell Gage and Henry Ruggs. I could get that's crazy to me. Traquan Smith is a better pick. AJ Green, late round pick. Um, I mentioned Rieger. Terrace Marshall, I love. Holy shit, does he look good right now, by the way? Like he looks what he looks like what we hoped Jamar Chase would look like. And Jamar Chase does not look like that. He's falling down my rankings at fantasyguru.com. But Terrace Marshall, absolute ideal late round selection for your fantasy football leagues. If you didn't get a premium tight end, the Kelsey Waller Kittle, uh, you didn't get the mid tier and Andrews Pitts Hawkinson. Um, then you're going to the scrap heap and the best of the scrap heap, Mike Gusecki. I like him, I like him a lot. Um, take a stab on Zach Ertz. If he may get traded. Um, that's a, another late-round pick that even if you have a starting tight end, if you're in a, any kind of deeper league, Ertz, by the time you listen to this, Zach Ertz could get traded. That's a real possibility. So not a bad late-round pick, you know, from the tight end position. Irv Smith improves position with no Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Tyler Higby improves position with Matt Stafford and no Jared Goff. Evan Ingram he always puts up good numbers because can never stay healthy. That that's the tight end spots. Um, quarterbacks, by the way, draft them in the middle rounds. I should go back to that. Uh, ideal. If you miss out in that first wave, Mahomes, Kyler, Lamar, Josh Allen, uh, Aaron Rodgers, then Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, man, that, I will have Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert as my quarterback in majority of leagues. If I wait too long and have to go into round nine or 10, then Jalen hurts upside, terrible defense guys going to be running and throwing for his life, but I'm okay with it at the quarterback position. So again, attack those players that have massive upsides that, that can break out for you. All right. That's where what people do is, they do it backwards and don't be one of those folks that draft breakout candidates in the first, in the early rounds or in the middle rounds. That's not where you get them. You're supposed to draft them later. You're supposed to draft those breakout caliber guys in those later rounds. And if you don't believe me, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers was a late round pick last year. Um, you know, a lot of breakout, uh, those break. James Robinson, super late pick, basically undrafted for most of the preseason last year, came on strong at the end. We knew he was going to win a roster spot, sort of a surprise when we won, but, you know, was a waiver wire pickup in most leagues, but some of the sharper leagues, even he was a late round pick. Same with Justin Herbert, basically undrafted last year, found in the, Later rounds was available to you in the later rounds. Mike Davis was the handcuff to uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, handcuffed to uh, Nick Chubb. So John Taylor, the handcuff to Marlon Mack. Don't forget about that. So these handcuffs worked out very well. 
you know, had a lot of upside there as well. Antonio Gibson was, uh, um, and also ran running back. We thought he was going to be a pass catcher turned into be non pass catcher. Um, got 11 touchdowns RB 13 of last season as well. He was a super late round selection. The wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, super late round, uh, uh, a wide receiver that won you leagues, right? Stefan Diggs, a mid rounder. That was a great find for a lot of people. Um, other players at that spot. I mean, Brandon cooks was a late round selection. Marvin Jones, a late round selection last year. Robbie Anderson was a late round selection last year. Deontay Johnson, other than us, I don't think another site or anybody was talking about Deontay Johnson. CD lamb was a late round guy last year. T Higgins was a late round guy last year. Nelson Aguilar, late round guy. So that's where you want to be stability and security in the early rounds stable, solid, every week starters in the middle draft. your very astutely draft your breakout candidates in those late rounds. That is your fantasy football draft plan for 2021, everybody. So there you go. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. I think we're uh, a little over an hour on this episode. I think we covered a lot of ground draft season is heating up. Remember folks, if you wish, Oh man, if only you could be in my ear during my draft, you, we offer that. That's what fantasyguru.com is for. We have this thing. It's called the draft room. If you're in a draft and you're live drafting hat, open up a new window it's right there on the homepage of the draft guide, 2021 fantasy football draft guide it says enter the fantasy guru draft room live all in red right there. Click on that. You enter the room up at the top menu under media draft room in parentheses, live chat, click on that. That's where you get in. And our guys, myself, Ted Schuster, Ray flowers, Tyler Beaker, Armando Marsal, Russell clay. We are in that draft room. Boy, hours and hours every single day, and we ramp up our hours. I'm in, uh, I'm there late at night. Tyler and, and those guys, and Armando, are, they're early in the mornings, and we're there during the middays, and we're always there whenever your draft is, whenever you need that advice. Make sure that you are taking advantage. If you're not, you don't want to hang out in the chat room and ask live questions. Fine, we have the My Guru tool. All right, that's if you go to fantasyguru.com on the right-hand side, import your league, create custom league formats, create custom scoring, create custom cheat sheets, or auction draft cheat sheets, um, draft analyzer software, import and helps you with your draft. You could mock draft and in seconds, just boom, boom, boom. You could run hundreds of different mock draft simulations. Uh, In-season helps you with waiver wire, helps you with trades analyzer absolute golden stuff all based on our rankings and projections here at fantasyguru.com. So make sure you are a part of that. Once again, everybody, if uh, you like winning, you like money, you want all of this, you have to email us support at elitefantasy.com. Get in the big three package, be with us for daily fantasy football. Remember 15 out of 17 winning weeks documented last year had 13 out of 17 weeks the week before the year before we have never had a losing season in daily fantasy football we have never had a losing season in betting on the nfl over at elite sports betting basically they're each for 199 if you want the big three package 
basically you get one for free just about it's not quite but um you're getting one for a deep discount if you're a fantasyguru.com subscriber if you're not if you belong to elite fantasy and elite sports betting will more than happily oblige you on fantasyguru as well.com so make sure you're with us in our entirety for all things football this NFL season, this CFL season, this college football season. And again, betting and DFS, you get college along with that and CFL along with it. So nobody is shortchanged over there. That's going to do it. Episode 80, your fantasy football draft plan is locked in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and you liked it. Uh, Please leave your feedback, whether you're on Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or Uh, tuned in or wherever you are those ratings and those reviews folks they're a big deal they're they are a big deal and um you know make sure the comments that you leave there as well uh it's a big deal so go there check it out everybody one man's opinion definitely appreciate each and every one of you so uh get over there and check it out Follow me on social media, Jeff Mans at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Thank you for downloading One Man's Opinion. Remember, folks, you may disagree with some or all that you heard on this episode, and that's perfectly all right with us. Why? You know why. Because it was One Man's Opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!